We're happy to make podcasts available for selected ed webinars for your listening pleasure. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information. All right. Hello and welcome, everyone, to, uh, to another EdWeb presentation. Um, I'm Brian Galvin with Varsity Tutors for Schools, and, um, and we've got an amazing panel here. It's really an honor to, to be able to, to moderate a discussion um, here this afternoon, I guess this morning here uh, on the West Coast. Um, I think as we all know, equitable learning, you know, involves getting education to where it's needed, even if students can't reliably get to, uh, you know, the primary destination of a school, um, and that the education system is responsible for far more than just learning, whether it's nutrition and healthcare and, and all kinds of other things. And so uh, we've got some amazing innovators here um, who have mobile tutoring learning labs. And, and, you know, to say mobile tutoring, there's so much more to it, as, uh, as they'll tell you about. Um, and at Varsity Tutors, it's been you know, an honor for us to be able to, to help provide some of the tutoring services that integrate into these amazing programs to do. And I'll say that uh, if you say the words tutoring bus at Varsity Tutors headquarters, you get the same level of smiles and enthusiasm as if you say holiday weekend. So this is a real honor for me to be able to talk about these on behalf of our entire organization and to introduce you to, uh, to your panel here. Uh, we've got Jessica Ruiz Aureo from Osceola Schools. Um, and their Smart Bus program is, uh, is up and running, and uh, she'll be able to talk to you about that. Uh, we've got Dr. Jeffrey Holmes and Michelle Stansbury from Baltimore County Public Schools, who are in the process of launching their program. Here's a little bit about the speakers. I think it was on the page, um, you know, where, where you got started, all involved in uh, implementing um, and on a small scale, uh, or I'll say small scale, as, as a small part of what they do, mobile tutoring, but they do so much more with community education in, in their districts. And so would really love to talk. Um, let me start maybe, uh, Jessica, with you. Um, you know, you've got at Osceola County the, um, you know, the, the smart bus running. I think we've even got a, a picture of it queued up here. Can you tell us what was the inspiration? How did you even get started with an idea of mobile tutoring? Um, what was the, the, uh, the, you know, the catalyst for getting started with it? Um, what were some of the other options you may have considered to solve the problems you were trying to solve? Kind of give us some orientation to, to the Smart Bus program. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, hi, everyone. So actually, this initiative started um, back in 2018, 2019. Um, and actually, it's just, it's an idea uh, that came from students. Um, so uh, here in school district, we in one of our high schools, um, some two senior students had a community project idea that they have to implement out in their community, a community outreach. And they uh, knew that there were in their school there were a high population of students experiencing homelessness here in Osceola County. Uh, we are in Central Florida, and there's a lot of most of our students that are experiencing homelessness live in uh, they live in hotels. So uh, we have a road 192 that has a substantial number of hotels where our students reside. So these two high school students decided to purchase a used bus and convert it into a mobile learning lab as their outreach uh, project for, for high school. And they started the project. They started going out to the hotels and providing um, internet access, computers to students. Uh, once they graduated, uh, they donated the bus to the school district. Our superintendent, um, Dr. Deborah Pace, uh, just 
you know, very great visionary, uh, said, well, we're going to continue the project. But instead of using uh, their, their bus, we, they actually just ran, we took one of our school buses and renovated it and continued the vision of the two students who actually started the program. So that's how it all got started. It's actually from the students to the students. That's really incredible. We've got some visuals. Uh, we pop back up in a, a little bit too of uh, what the the bus looks like, and um, it really is incredible that it, it started at the community. I think we're going to come back to that about the importance of engaging the entire community on these. So we'll, uh, we'll have that thought um, for the Baltimore County folks. Um, you're beginning on the the journey of uh, of starting something like this. I guess not just the beginning. You've been doing it for a while, but uh, about to launch it. Can you tell me a little bit about where did your vision come from? Uh, what stage are you in the process? Tell us a little bit about how this fits into the idea of community schools in Baltimore County. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so community schools is something we're really digging deeply into in Baltimore County. It's still fairly new, less than five years within the district. And what we found is that several of the barriers that were preventing our families from accessing the resources that were at the school or the fact that families didn't reside close enough to the school or have a means to get to those levels of support that we were providing. So it actually was an idea that grew out of um, our shared decision-making team, which is a team of staff, com families, community members, and students that said, why can't we take these resources from buildings, from fixed buildings out into the community themselves and we decided to build a bus and so the bus is currently under construction cool. I would just, absolutely go ahead no, no i would just also like to let add in in addition uh, one thing that it reminded me of in our school district is in our career and technical education program our culinary arts students have a bus that go to various sites in our district, central office and the like, and share their culinary skills. And uh, if you haven't had their donuts, you're missing a treat. And so just uh, around along those same lines of that concept uh, is what this uh, evolution from community schools reminds me of and just showing that connection and collaboration in Baltimore County Public Schools. I uh, I love that the these buses can bring donuts to those who need it as well as <laughs> education to those uh, who need it as well. And uh, and maybe let me follow up because because you know obviously our, our you know the title of the program is mobile learning labs, mobile tutoring, and all those kind of things. But these buses are are so much more. And so maybe we'll stick with Baltimore County. Um, what's the the grander vision of uh, of what you're looking to to serve with um, you know with these mobile learning units beyond you know just tutoring or, or education. I know they're, they're part of an overall community yeah. initiative. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really looking at um, community schooling from the perspective of a neighborhood versus a school. So it's not just about the kids who are zoned or assigned to attend this particular school. It's really about those that reside in the neighborhood. And so while there is a space on the mobile unit, for tutoring, counseling, and other supports, 
Um, the unit also has a medical examination room for medical screening, vision screening, dental screening, vaccinations, as well as a food pantry on the other side of the bus. So the front and the end of the bus serve other purposes that provide wraparound supports to our families and community members, while the center of the bus is really dedicated to things such as tutoring and um, counseling and one-on-one and -on -one level of support for families and students. And, and Jessica, I know yours are, are similar. How have you found, um, you know, that, that, you know, the ability to do multiple things when, when the bus comes to an area, um, you know, kind of relates to the community? How does, how does the blend of all those services um, further serve so, the mission and, and, you know, kind of lead to, to people really taking advantage of it? So our, our buses are mainly for um, educational academic services. However, we do partner with uh, two of the major hospitals in Central in, in, in Florida, Orlando Health and Advent Health. Um, so what we do with, through that partnership is that we provide health, we have a healthy habits program. So in conjunction with the academic piece and the tutoring, we also provide healthy lessons and we provide uh, healthy snacks every week uh, for the students. So that's kind of, uh, we also partner with like um, Liberty Dental in uh, near North Central Florida that they come out to do uh, different activities with the students. So it depends. We partner with different organizations so we can actually expand the services beyond just tutoring. It's, um, it's really fascinating. I know we're going to talk about the importance of, uh, of getting ingrained in the community and, uh, and you've got a lot of lessons to share about that. So it's really neat to see these these full visions of let's bring all the services or, or many of the services that the you know, community needs um, and, and you know, have a place to, you know, for, for families to avail so many of them. Um, as we kind of, you know, what we want to orient the audience here is sort of if you're at a stage where you're just learning that this is possible or, or thinking that this is possible, how do we go from ideation to, uh, to fruition? So we kind of come back to early stages. Um, and uh, Jessica, maybe stick with you since, you know, since it's, you know, you know you're, you're already at a pretty late stage of it. But what were some of the initial challenges that, uh, that really stood out as, you know, we have this idea, the students had this idea in order to really make this a sustainable thing, what were some of the earliest challenges that you had to face and, and solve in getting started? So uh, at the beginning when we started, um, we our vision was that the bus was going to roll in. Um, well, let me start with the, we actually uh, parked the buses and hotel in the hotel uh, parking lots. Um, so different hotels, different shelters, that's where we go. Um, so the first, we thought in our vision that we were going to park and all the kids were going to come running to the bus. But uh, that wasn't, I think that was the first challenge was actually, you know, making sure that the parents knew, uh, giving orientation, information, breaking barriers and um, establishing those relationships with the, the, the people of that community. So then once we are there, then the, 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 actual, the parents and the students actually come on the bus. Once the, um, so that was the, the first barrier was that one. We, we learned in our early stage that, that um, those relationships are going to be key to actually making the bus successful and having the, um, the attendance um, to provide the services. Um, once you um, follow with them and then 
the pandemic starts. So we started in January 2020. <laughs> so then March came about and we have to shut down. Um, now, what I, it gave me some time to think about our, the chat, that, first challenge. And when we came back and we, uh, Florida has been open since August of 2020, kids were back to school. Um, so we were rolling out again. So what I did is that I established a systematic incentive program to, um, once I had established those relationship with the parents and the students, they will come on the bus, but that they keep coming consistently. So consistency is also key uh, when you're providing academic services and the healthy with the healthy habits program, et cetera, et cetera. So we I have a systematic incentive program for the, for the students to roll in uh, in a consistent basis every week. Thank you. I I, um, I I think that's important. That idea that hey, we've got this. You know, this program, this bus that will show up and they will come running. There's so many different logistical pieces that uh, that need to be in place. And, and you know, I think one thing when we've been discussing this really came back is, is those relationships, that consistency, making sure people can can plan on it. Um, you know, maybe for uh, for the Baltimore County team, uh, you know, uh, Michelle and, uh, and Jeffrey, what, uh, what are some of the logistical challenges in, in the early phases of getting this started that you're planning for, that you're facing? Um, and maybe another thought too is, uh, is are there challenges that seemed insurmountable that were easy and what other things are you encountering, you know, as you start to get it going and realizing, Hey, we didn't have a plan for that. <laughs> Great loaded question. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, so I, I would say if you wanted to get started with this, get a team to do a needs assessment because you really have to figure out what exactly is the need I'm trying to address and make sure that what you're designing addresses that need, right? So that's one. But then logistically, there are things around um, drivers and safety. And um, because the unit has an onboard um, bathroom area, we have to be we have to think about how are we going to have that cleaned and sanitized and storage and secure. There's so many pieces to it. And we were like, oh, yeah, we need fresh water on a regular basis. Um, so so that's important. But I, I do think nothing has been something we could we can't get past. Um, we have an amazing group of brilliant people in Baltimore County. And everyone is so excited about this that we're willing to go above and beyond and make it happen. Even our Baltimore County government who is separate from the school system is an advocate and supporting us with this and helping us come up with some amazing solutions. So um, it's just good to know there are really good people out there who want to do good and, and right things for children mm -hmm. and are willing to make sacrifices to do so. So, so I, I, for me, that is what I would say is um, probably one of the most telling things in a world that seems like it is just so challenged and riddled with um, so many issues that there really are some people out there who are willing to dig in deep and go above and beyond and make sure good things happen for kids. Yeah, yeah let me follow. Oh, go ahead, Jeff, please. No, I, I would just add that just going back and building on things or ideas that others have already done. Um, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm thinking I'm from the generation where there used to be once upon a time a bookmobile. Right. And the bookmobile will go around and the bookmobile has evolved to a dental mobile. And so just collaboration and partnerships um, and just looking at it from a historical context of people who started things 
similar to these ideas that we're now expanding on and the pandemic kind of forced or pushed some school districts. And I would also say in looking at uh, rural school districts during the pandemic, um, buses uh, became very uh, uh, repurposed, I would say. Some of them delivered lunches. Some of them were used just for Wi-Fi for communities where they didn't have access. So just looking at partnerships that you can make and looking at the context from other ideas that you're continuing to build on and don't feel like you're just starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And that's, that's a, a big reason why, why we're doing from this. You know, I think one of the things I, I think is, was neat when we were planning some of this was, um, you know, Osceola has been down this road for a while. Baltimore County is Getting started, if I'm using road, we'll get to the rubber meets the road. All the bus analogies are uh, are great for all this, but it's great to be able. You know, no, no one's starting this completely from scratch. Like you mentioned, there have been you know bookmobiles and and mobile you know medical and dental units and those kind of things happening. Um, and so, for with that note, please everyone out in the audience, if, if you're thinking about you know trying to to start a program like this, or you know what what kind of you know even catalyst do you need to be able to get funding or anything for? Please ask questions because a big purpose of, of doing this is um, we've got some some visionaries doing some pretty incredible things out there that could benefit all across the country. And, um, and you know, like Dr. Holmes mentioned, you are not alone in, in starting something like this. So we can, um, can benefit quite a bit from the wisdom of everyone else. Jessica, if I can go back to you, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, the primary focus of, uh, of the Smart Bus is, is education with, you know, all kinds of ancillary services there. I know one of the things we're proud of at Varsity Tutors uh, and Varsity Tutors for Schools is our ability to, to be able to help supply, you know, a lot of that tutoring that goes there. How um, how, how did, uh, you know, virtual tutoring become a, a portion? How, you know, how important was it to be able to have virtual tutoring um, you know, what challenges did you face in knowing you wanted to deliver education, um, but, uh, you know, but, but really getting the, the rubber to meet the road and uh, how has online education, you know, empowered and enabled or in what ways has it been challenging too? Um, well, the online tutoring has actually facilitated the being able to provide a broad, broad range of different um, so tutoring in different areas. Okay, so for example, I started doing um, at the beginning of the program. It, it's I have it's me as a teacher, and I have two assistants. So, but even though I've taught from kindergarten all the way to high school, my my forte is not science or algebra. So if I had students that come on board and needed help with algebra, um, algebra for example, that would be an area that I would be a challenge for myself. So having this, the services of, the, of digital tutoring has enabled um, the program to provide a wider variety of services for this, for this uh, to meet the students' needs, academically speaking. Um, a lot of the students, when they come on board, they're looking for that one-on-one attention uh, to be able to finish their homework. Um, when they live in hotels where they don't have um, internet access, we provide the internet, the Wi-Fi access in, uh, on, on the bus, um, and we also provide the devices. It's very important for them to be able to so come on the bus to be able to finish their home because they want to be successful. Um, and we provide that service and that attention. The other thing is that um, so <clears throat> that's how the digital component of the tutoring has, you know, helped expand the program. 
Yeah, I can see that being one of the things we hear from school districts a lot is, you know, how do you get people who are experts in subjects who want to tutor one? How do you get them, you know, to the place where they can be effective? And, and you know, so much of your challenge is, you know, you have to get the bus, you have to get, you know, go out into all these different places. So to, yes. to be able want- to, you know, allow one tutor to, you know, just sort of immediately show up, I think, you know, just expand your expertise and... And one of the things is that one of my, um, my, I call my Amy. Um, so one of my assistants, she is the one who got the CDL. So she's the one, she comes in the bus and helps us with the, two, with, with working with the kids, but she's the one who drives the bus. Um, so we also, um, so you see, we, we multitask. We have different, we, we have, we wear different hats. And um, so I'm blessed that I have, uh, you know, staff members that are willing to go the extra mile. She volunteered to get her CDL and drive the bus. Uh, I have a backup driver just in case. Um, so I have someone else in staff in my department that is also has the CDL. So they, they can cover for each other. So that's also part of the process that it's who's the, the, the bus drivers. And because if we can move the bus to where we need to be, then um, it's, it's, that's a challenge in itself. But then have finding those people that um, are going to now I'm going to have a third person who's currently taking their CDL license so that's that's having the drivers is very very important and having backups for those drivers and backups for the backups and that's that's kind of wisdom I I think is is really important for folks to know because I think you know as we talked about remember that story from uh, from we you know we were talking about this a while ago that um, you know, knowing that you had even just backup drivers is important because you know. Can you speak a little bit to the importance of you know consistency scheduling? Um, yes. You know, if you can even say like, you know, what do, what does a week in the life of the smart bus look like, and uh, and how does the community know you know when it's coming and, and who it's available for? Um, I think some of those logistics are are really important that you know probably have to be. Part of the way into the process to even realize, you know, what, uh, what what kind of reliability you need on the supply end and for you know the the students and families themselves. May I ask so Jessica a question? Oh, sure. Yeah, Jessica. In terms of staffing for tutoring, are you just uh, using certified teachers or college students are also participating as the tutors for you, or so how I do have- you? So I have one certified teacher and then and two assistants, two uh, teacher assistants. Okay, so I always have one, one uh, either myself or I, there's another certified teacher in staff that also goes out. And then the, the two, I have two, um, two highly qualified paraprofessionals. That then one of them is the one that's also the driver. <laughs> Have you have you all considered uh, engaging uh, education majors from local colleges and universities just to give them some yes, little hands yes, on the ground? I, 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 that was a possibility. I, we have um, two major colleges in the area that that's part. It's part of the it's part of the vision and uh, for future steps. Uh, but we have not still done that. But we have we have certainly thought about that. And that, yeah, I really like the uh, the logistical. And again, everyone out there, please ask questions as you have them. I think this is good. one of the things I love about this particular panel is, you know, Jessica's been down that road for a while in Osceola and, and Baltimore County has questions, you know, about being kind of uh, mid-range there. Jessica, how do you think about um, the consistency? What sort of needs to be in place of, of scheduling? You know, I think the idea that, 
um, you know, backup bus drivers is so important. And basically, if you tell students that this service is something you can rely on and we will bring it to you, it's, um, you know, you kind of have to be there. How do you communicate to the community what they can expect when they should be there? Because, you know, mobile unit is also so mobile. Just, it's not always there. Yeah. Um, so we have an own, uh, what we do is that the students register. Like once they come on the bus, once we, we have a whole system in place and we developed this along, uh, along the, the way where we register the students. We don't leave it by chance. So once they come on the bus one time, the parents have to give us, give us consent to come on the bus. Um, and then what we do is that the parents, they, um, we have what, what's called Remind. And so through Remind, we sent the, all the notifications about the bus. So the parents, we, um, if, the, if the bus, for example, one day the bus actually broke down on the road and we have to call a, <laughs> a tow truck, um, you see, all, all, we have all sorts of stories. Um, uh, so that day we weren't, we're not going to be able to get to, to, to get to our location. So through the remind, we were able to send notifications to all the parents to let them know today, the bus is not going to make it, you know, now, uh, in case of, for example, we have, we have two other buses and on, we have three, we actually have three buses. We have the smart bus, we have the read bus and we have the STEM lab. So, uh, for example, if I, let's say that the, one of the buses needs maintenance. So the other bus, We'll make, we already have a schedule with the, we use the other bus to um, come in the place of the one that it's, it's in service, for example. So um, that, so we have, we have a whole programming of buses with, for different, for example, the rebus is for, um, it goes to the library, so it's a different programming. We have the STEM lab, which is a different programming. And then the smart bus, which was a different programming that we serve than the fit families and the students. But we communicate with the parents if just in case. So there's a, uh, so we, I also have a complete scheduling, backup scheduling. So for example, if one of the teachers can come, there's there's all already a system who's going to cover that person. If one of the aides is not going to be able to be there, there's also already a system who's going to be the backup for that person for that day. Um, and just to let everybody know, um, none of the people that work on this program, that's, this is our passion. This is what we do on, uh, I'm a, uh, what I do is I manage all the, the grants for the, I manage grants for the school district. So I, all of this is our passion that we do because we want to, you know, uh, help the students <laughs> and the same forms, uh, for the teacher and the same for, um, my two, uh, the two assistants. Thank you. And that, that passion certainly comes through. Um, and thank you to everyone for asking questions. We're going to have plenty of time to get into all the tactical questions and all those kind of things. One of them I saw come through um, sort of, the, you, know, the, you know, the purpose. Is this an alternative to regular schools? Is this supplemental? And um, I know, you know, Michelle, especially we talked a lot about, you know, the idea of this fitting into the community schools program as well. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about as you've been thinking about, you know, mobile education how does it yeah. fit into you? Talk a little bit about, I know you have some slides we can even flip through too about the idea yeah. of community schools and, and where something like this fits in. So we can kind of see tactically, how does this, you know, meet the larger need that, that you're approaching? One of the things that came through as a question was about like, is this an alternative to like regular schooling? And I think what we were really looking for are, was something that would provide families with options. Um, while this is not a full alternative to, you know, traditional schooling, it does provide options even for our kids who um, 
we find may not come to school on any given day for a variety of reasons. Um, this could provide additional support on the weekend to them, to try to get them caught up to where everybody else is from whatever time they may have missed during the week. So we're really trying to take what the school offers a regular school day and add a school building out into um, the community itself. And then um, we, we are trying to impact the environment that surrounds the children that we receive. And so in order to impact the environment, we're thinking about how do we become part of the environment. This way, the educational program of students really feels like a responsibility of the community and not the building that um, students attend every day. And, and in order to do that, we created these with our shared decision-making team, these commitments. What are our commitments to be a successful community school? And from those commitments, um, we have the networks that I talked about a little bit earlier. This is an example of a network meeting um, with our Chesapeake theater pattern and Baltimore County government. Everybody in this room is all focused on the educational programming of students outside of the school building. So um, we believe that in the future, additional options might become available. But for now, this is an example of what that unit would look like when it's completed. You can see while we're servicing and providing some supports um, directly for academics, there are other spaces on the units for non-academic support. And this particular unit is being designed for one of our higher poverty communities. You'll see the um, poverty percentages for the schools that are within this community are exceptionally high. And while that doesn't equate to challenges in academics, what it does though, is show that there may be a need for, for specific, very specific support. So we had to get the voices of the people that live in the community to determine exactly what those supports are versus the ones we believe that they need. Um, and, and I think, if I were to say what has been um, really eye-opening is the partnerships. So I heard a little bit, Jessica, talk a little bit about um, marketing. We have really tried to dig in in preparation to release the bus, the unit, um, to who are our partners that will provide the supports on the unit, whether it be tutoring partners or healthcare partners or mental health partners or whoever, because the advertisement can't just come from the school system. We need the county government. We need other local community activists and, and nonprofit programs to say, hey, we're going to be at this location on this day and they'll be doing tutoring, but also we'll have these things available. And then we, we're hoping, we're hoping that we'll be able to have the, um, the, the turnout that we're looking for. Yeah, I think that that was one of the things that really struck me when we were talking about this, about the, the, you know, the need to engage the community to make sure, you know, that, you know, we kind of look at um, some of the schematics you would sort of put together was, you know, tutoring is taking place in the middle. You know, there's food on one end, medical service, and it, it sort of a, it becomes a destination, not just for individual students, but for um, the community. Um one question for you, how, how far along the path are you, I think, for, for this group? I mean, the, the plans seem pretty concrete. Um, oh, yeah. Can you talk about, you know, what's, what, you know, where are you on the path? And, uh, and what are the next steps to take this to fruition as, as people can kind of envision themselves in this process? 
Yeah, the unit should be ready in um, June or July. We have a CTE program at one of our local high schools who will design, do the graphic design for the outside of the unit using input from um, community members and students and families um, in the Chesapeake theater pattern area. Um, we are in a stage of determining some of those smaller logistics. And I saw a question come up about insurance. We are figuring that out right now. How are we going to cover the insurance for the unit? Um, and, and I think we have some good plans moving for that. We're also trying to determine um, cleaning and, and water waste and all of those things are high priorities for us right now, as well as how are we going to secure the unit in the evenings to make sure that um, what we've designed does not um, have any any issues. So so that's the space we're in. It's it's been a it's been a fun journey. It is a labor of love. I, I will say that you have to really be passionate about this to make it come to life. I don't know, Jessica, if you feel the same way. Um, there can be naysayers that will dis distract you from really what you're trying to accomplish. But as Jessica said earlier, if you keep the kids in the forefront of your mind, even when you feel like saying, "Never mind, I'm not doing another thing." You get that extra bump to say, you know what, I can't, I can't give up. I got to keep going over this hurdle in order to make sure we get kids what they need. That maybe that may lead to a, to a question for Jessica. And thank you to all. I think we're we're gonna get to. We got to do a, a, quite a few of the audience questions, and we'll uh, we'll have plenty of time to uh, to get to others. But you know, as folks ask questions about, you know, how do you handle insurance and what does it cost and all those kind of things. Um, I know in, in, in Osceola, this started as, as a student initiative and has now become a district initiative. Um, how, did, how did, what was the process of getting buy-in like to actually have a budget for things like insurance and cleaning and drivers and, you know, everything else that goes into it? How, what's the process of taking this from a great idea and turning it into, you know, an actual initiative that, uh, you know, anyone out here who wants to bring it to their district, what was that like? So we um, we have a great, uh, my department has a great partnership with our own transportation department in the school district. So uh, we have an agreement with our transportation department. So our insurance is within the school district insurance uh, for all our buses. Um, in terms of repairs, maintenance of the buses, the, our own transportation department provides all of those services. Um, so it's within house. Um, for the maintenance of the uh, of all three bosses. Uh, now I know from from experience you have a very very technological, very equipped uh, boss. Like uh, maybe in comparison to the STEM lab that we have, that usually that we have to subcontract um, with the company that actually put it together for any um, repairs. Um, the funding, if anyone has questions about funding, uh, so for our smart bus, because we are targeting families in transition under the McKinney-Vento Act, uh, we use Title IX funding for the academic pieces uh, of it. And uh, and the bus was a donation from, from the school district that repairs everything, the school district takes care of it. Um, so, it's under that McKinney, uh, the Title IX umbrella for Smart Bus. For the Read Bus, is, is Title One. For the STEM Lab, is it's, it's, so, so there's different funding sources. Now, for a lot of the programming that we do in the buses, then we have partners. Like for example, everything that has to do with the healthy, um, 
the Healthy Habits Program is covered with our partnership with through the hospitals. And if I can just echo, it's pretty much the same for us. It's a variety mm -hmm. of grant funding sources as well as district level resources that are funding the mm -hmm. unit. It takes a lot of conversations because you have to coordinate with several different people. I don't know, Jessica, if you feel the same yes. way, <laughs> but, um, but it's worth it. Yeah, um, there's a question also saying if it's providing permanent alternative to regular schools, it's supplemental. It's not and it's not to supplant uh, any uh, the school. It's uh, all the services that we provide are supplemental. This the kids have still have to go to to school. <laughs> um, we just provide that additional services um, to make uh, you know to make it equitable. Just cur just cutting the curve. Thank you. And, and to, I want to um, come back to, uh, you know, Michelle ended her point by saying it's worth it. Um, so I want to talk about results as well and, and maybe um, go back to you, Jessica. What, um, I think we've had some questions out here too. What, what kind of attendance do you get? Have you been able to, to quantify results in terms of, you know, whether it's learning outcome or, um, you know, attendance and, and usage? What, is, what are the goals of the program and, and what have the results been thus so, far? Because we... Through the SMARPAs, we um, target fits to uh, families in transition, students who are um, experiencing homelessness. Uh, there's areas of focus. Um, so one of the areas of focus are attendance um, in, in with the SMARPAs students is identification, attendance, um, and academic um, uh, academic success. In terms of, I would say that right now what I've, I've used to measure the, the students, how the students are progressing is mostly the attendance and the grades. I have not looked at um, state uh, as like assessment data, but because um, even though the, the students come consistently, um, I, the success of the program is more about the services that we provide and how they can be successful in school. Um, so that up to now, that's what I've used to measure um, students' uh, success in uh, that attend the, the, the smart bus. Thank you. And, and has has it been you know matching expectations? How I we have one specific questions about attendance? Is it? No, the first time we rolled into a hotel, we had two students, and um, la uh, la at the end of the last year, I had a waiting list. Um, so, because we have, we can only accommodate fourteen students at a time. So then we, what we come up with the idea was sessions. So we then the the parents will come, and then we had sessions. So from depending on the grade level, we have a staggered uh, system of release for elementary, middle, and school, um, high school. So then depending on the when they were um, they were they were dropped on, on their at their locations, we will have sessions, and they would they, we have staggered sessions through throughout. Uh, depending on the location, we might, we might have one, two, up to three, uh, because uh, up to three sessions. But at the end of the day, we can only have so many at a time. And um, so we had a wait list. So I, I, I feel very pleased. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Yeah, from, from two students the first time to a waiting list is, uh, is, is really incredible. One more follow-up. I want to hear what uh, you know what Baltimore County is thinking about success looks like. But do you have any plans to expand now? You have a waiting list. Is is 
expansion to multiple buses and, and being able to do more in, in the cars? And is that something you've considered and thought about or is, uh, is, is yes, we have thought about it. And I, we are, right now, I'm in the process of redesign. So I reevaluate, I reassess um, about this time of, after our own spring break. I always reassess what has happened uh, throughout the school year. We look at the numbers, we look at everything, and we redesign the program every year for the following school year, taking on the consideration, you know, the experiences to make it you know, to, to make it more successful for the for next school year. Um, so that we're in the process of assessing and redesigning the programming for next school year. Great. Um, for Baltimore County, um, you're in the planning phases. What does success look like for you? Have, you? have you thought about how to measure it or what you're expecting to see, what it might take to expand? Um, what, what does success look like? So for us, success is access right? How many families are accessing and then exactly how productive the families feel like the support is. Um, we have a whole roadmap uh, and a compass. Our amazing superintendent, Dr. Williams, has put together a, um, a compass for BCPS that really is a direction that we are moving our, our students in. And we've aligned our success to the success within the compass. So as we say things trickle up through the systems data, we expect to see some real differences within the Chesapeake neighborhood in how students are performing and attendance and and then the number of families who are accessing resources. This is it's it's so much more than just that real tangible traditional data. It goes beyond that to um, how many families are we helping to find some stable employment or to find childcare and things of that. There was an array metrics that schools may not necessarily look at typically, but we are using those as points of success in addition to the, those data points that are connected to our BCPS campus. Yeah, and just to build on um, the strategic plan that our superintendent, Dr. Williams and team have built uh, the compass, uh, this actual mobile unit uh, goes three of the five focus areas. It, it addresses at least three of the five focus areas in our strategic plan. Um, learning accountability and results. It also addresses safety and supportive environment um, because we'll be able to provide not only mental health service and social services, and it also um, our focus area around family and community engagement. So in, in, in terms of the alignment, uh, Dr. Williams encourages us to ensure that everything that we do in our district is aligned to the district strategic plan. So not only addressing, uh, not only assessing by the key performance indicators, but other things as Michelle shared, um, as far as access, how often, how many, you know, counting those numbers and, you know, having parents um, to complete a survey to say uh, how beneficial areas that we can improve or other services that they may feel we need more of or less of. So just having that whole wraparound services and, and community engagement is definitely uh, the ways that we will assess the, the success of our program. I'm sorry, our initiative, not a program. <laughs> thank you. That's right, that was on the slide. Um, thank you, it was really amazing to see the, the overall community impact that, uh, you know, we foresee um, this having and, and have seen in, uh, in Osceola and that idea of going from ideation to a, a wait list 
um, you know, hopefully you're able to, to see the same kinds of outcomes that uh, Jessica's seen in, uh, in Osceola County. Um, what encouraged more questions from, uh, from the audience here is we'll have, you know, at least about 10 minutes or so to, um, to, to get into to any more that you have. Um, one maybe last one for me, and then I want to talk a little bit about the, you know, how varsity tutors can support in some of these. Um, let me start maybe with um, with Baltimore County. Do you have any specific questions, knowing that uh, the Jessica kind of oversees a program that's gone from two students to a waiting list? Um, what questions would you have in, in your phase of, you know, getting this off the ground in, in just a few months um, for someone who's been at it for a couple of years? So if I can ask Jessica, um, how has your team evolved through this process? The team that is kind of leading the charge what would you say was your thinking in the beginning and how have you all had to shift and change your practices in order to really execute this well? Um, <clears throat> I think at the beginning, just getting the bus running, just, you know, turning that key and <laughs> being able to, uh, was the, the priority at, in the beginning. Then we know, as, as I said, in the then it was more of, how do we get students? So we are, my team, I've had, thank God I have consistency. I've had the same team um, since the beginning, um, Claudia and Amy. And I believe that in essence, the uh, the wanting to help the students is, is being consistent and the same. Uh, I couldn't have done this without them. Uh, it's just—it's just—it's not a one-man show. It's—it's it's, it's a whole. You know, um, it's like you said, it's a team. It's just that it has evolved that they want to do more. Like uh, Amy uh, was saying, okay, so what are we going to do next year? What are your ideas? What are, what is it that we're in, what, what new uh, uh, what new ideas do you have that we're going to implement next year? How are we going to impact the families next year? And they just, you know, we come up with all these ideas and we try to implement. And I think that's how they have evolved from being from when we were, where we didn't really know to now, oh my God, we want to, we can do all, we, we want to do all of this. Like for example, last year we did, um, we did, uh, we evolved to parent events. So from academics last year, we did parent events. So every, like we did, Fall, uh, fall festival, winter festival, for see, for um, high school students, we did a pathways to graduation where we brought the parents to the bus, um, <clears throat> on the bus, and we the um, I brought in a guidance counselor to tell them about graduation requirements. So it has evolved from academics to then parent involvement, events, uh, healthy habits, and my team embraces <laughs> they they all they embrace everything that we come up with and make it happen um i think that's how they have evolved and they're always looking to see what else are we going to do <laughs> beautiful i would i would definitely um first commend varsity tutors for this place and space of yeah. bringing educators from around the world i, I thought i saw someone from chile uh, on the line as well so i want to first commend Varsity tutors for bringing us together and to as a question, you know, not really a question, but just a recommendation and continuing to be a conduit for bringing us together um, in sessions where once we have someone who's 
down the road and continue to be a vehicle for those of us who are getting on the road and just providing that place and space to bring other folks together. Oh, I saw someone from Nigeria. So we've, we've had folks from around the world. Um, and I just, again, commend and ask you to continue to be the conduit for us to come together and, and not only just share how we got started and where we are, but, you know, definitely as we get started, we running into some barriers um, and challenges and perhaps we can um, collaborate to provide solutions for each other. Well, thank you. And actually that brings up a, a couple of perfect segues. You can tell your uh, you know, long-term educator the way you can segue to uh, to a couple of uh, nice things. Let me give the presenters a, a quick break. I did want to talk a little bit about uh, Varsity Tutors and, and where we fit in. Obviously, it's just such a, a cool honor um, to be able to be a little bit apart. Let's get through a couple of these slides here. We can always come back to them, uh, Michelle. But um, one of the things that we're really honored about is, is you look at these amazing visions to solve creative problems out in the world of how do we, you know, involve communities? How do we bring education to um, places where, you know, it, it hasn't gotten, it's hard for kids to get into schools. How do we supplement in different ways? Uh, one of the things we pride ourselves on is our ability to kind of unlock some of these creative solutions by, as we talked about, there's so many different logistics that go into this. So, um, Quick thing about Varsity Tutors, we are the uh, the nation's largest live learning platform um, where there are you know thousands of tut expert tutors, highly vetted tutors, experts in, in all their different subject areas. And I Jessica mentioned that was a challenge when you had students with you know all kinds of different subject needs coming to the bus. Um, and uh, and so that allows us to be able to um, you know if you have an hour in a school day for uh, for intensive tutoring and, and want to get into high dosage tutoring rather than have to find parking and logistics for people to show up at the building, you know, by virtual tutoring, you know, a, a slew of experts can descend on the school virtually and, uh, and fill in some of the time that's available. Or if you've got a bus going around to different neighborhoods, virtual tutoring can mean that experts can be right there on that bus to be able to, to facilitate, um, you know, all of those sessions that you want to have. And so um, we pride ourselves on, on flexible tutoring solutions. I know there's lots of educators and administrators out there um, where we kind of see our value add is the ability to be able to help at scale, um, be able to take some of that burden of finding qualified educators, um, getting them where you need them to be at that time. And that takes a, a few different, um, you know, iterations. It can be, you know, putting folks on, on, you know, the smart bus. It can be bringing them into the classrooms. It can be things like, as I kind of flip through the slides here, our teacher assigned tool, which puts teachers in the driver's seat. There's so many puns with a, a bus uh, related, um, you know, session here, but puts teachers in the driver's seat of being able to say, have these handful of students who are, you know, in, in need of support to be able to catch up to where we really want to be as a class. Teachers uh, can, can, you know, facilitate or, you know, uh, basically schedule the tutoring for students, make sure it takes place so that, you know, we kind of extend teachers' capacity to be able to differentiate instruction. Um, we've got on-demand tutoring to be able to, to take some of these things that are targeted to specific populations and also make sure there's someone for everyone in the school district with on-demand chat-based tutoring. Um, we even have summer programs um, that, uh, you know, are able to, to help, you know, bring some enrichment and, and joy of learning as the need states change, whether it's high-dosage tutoring you want for some students over the summer and, and more enriching type summer programs. Um, the headline, I race through this because I know you guys have so many questions um, for our experts here, but uh, we, we see our role as um, by being able to operate at scale, 
when there are visionaries, you know, like the folks on this call um, who have ideas for how to, to serve their particular communities and at-risk learners and all those kind of things, we can help bring, um, you know, tutors exactly to where they're needed and, and, and solutions to around the district and, and around the community. And so with that, I mentioned, Dr. Holmes, you had two um, great segues there. Um, you know, and one was, you know, uh, you know, varsity tutors involvement and all that. And, and thank you. Um, I think another was bringing in the community at uh, different stages of where people are in some of these implementations. So one last question for me before, uh, you know, we try to make sure we've covered everything from the audience. Um, Jessica, and I can go full screen back to you here. Um, they've asked you questions knowing that, that you've been toward the finish line of this. What advice do you have for uh, for Michelle, for Dr. Holmes, for anyone out here of, you've been through this for multiple years. So with the value of what you've learned over time, if you wanted to go back to, hey, you're about to start this program, here's one thing I wish I would have known when I was in your shoes. Um, I think, well, first of all, um, uh, securing the locations. <laughs> um, we uh, you're going to go into um, communities and you um we need to make sure where the mobile unit is parking that if it is a private where if it is a private um area you have sometimes to have mous and um those type of things if it is something that's public so it's location of where the the bus is parking to make sure everything's in place uh, that i wish i have um known before um uh, what else? Um, the the system, the in, the in, the incentive system. I will have put it in place since the beginning as well. Um, I will have done that. Uh, I will have done digital tutoring since the beginning as well, because <laughs> um, uh, when you have fourteen students and all fourteen are in different um, grade levels and we help with fourteen different assignments it can become very, for three people, it becomes, you know, it, it becomes a logistical, <laughs> uh, it's an, a, a logistical dream. <laughs> so, um, so having varsity actually has helped with that piece. Um, so I wish I had known about that. I think I would have re researched it from the beginning to better serve our students. Um, but we, we, we got it in the end. Uh, we, I had done also the, the system of registering the students uh, from the beginning, from the get-go. That's something that I also, to keep that consistency, to keep records. Uh, so, and then we can uh, establish those connections with the parents. Um, and I know there's a, even though we've been doing this for almost three years now, I know there's a lot to learn yet and a lot of different ways to do um, the same activities and the same events. And this keeps evolving um, year to year. Uh, but that would be like kind of, it's more of the logistics. So the, the foundation would be the logistics. And then after you have all that set up, is it's all about the relationships. Uh, and, and one of the locations where we have the, the, uh, the wait list um <clears throat> i believe that we had we made some good so made so um strong relationships with the parents that the parents were the ones who got the other parents so we had students that came from hotels down the road to this location but mm -hmm. because because we had the you know word of mouth and the parents say you have to come you have to come and so because they trust you 
And we also became um, that bridge between um, the, the, the parents, the community, and, and the school. Uh, I love these parents and uh, work more than one job and not always can come to the school. That's why we were there. So we were able to troubleshoot, uh, you know, uh, and be able to help parents, assist parents in every any, every need that they need. So we were like, oh, I need to uh, schedule a, 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 a parent-teacher meeting. And I would just go ahead and do it and have the parent come um, and meet with the teacher, even though, you know, so we were able to also be that bridge between the parents, the families, the communities, and, and the school. So I will have nurtured that from from the very uh, beginning. But anyway, that's something you could do. <laughs> um, and anyone who wants to stop that, I think that's the that's the most important piece is the relationships and the trust with with the community, the parents, and the students. And then once you have that established, I think everything will go hand in hand and will flourish. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks. I, a couple of things I, I take away from there. There's this really, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the base logistics of you need to know where you'll park it. Are you allowed to be there? Will people know you're there? Um, I was chuckling a little bit. It's, you know, we, we pride ourselves on, you know, we supply expert tutors and, and, you know, make all those things happen. But that it just hit me that if you have 14 students on a bus, getting 14 individual tutors on a bus, it's not that big of a bus. So I think virtual tutoring, we love, you know, all the educational benefits, but just logistically, it, it makes it easier to serve more people just given, you know, the size of a bus. And uh, another huge takeaway for me is, yeah, for parents who can't get to the school for things like conferences and, and open houses and those kind of things, bringing the school system out to them is a way to build that community that I think is just a, a really, really beautiful takeaway. So um, thank you so much to uh, to the whole panel but for today's event, but really for the you know the things you're doing to, to further uh, education, for all the inspiration to uh, to all the the folks out here. I just want to say a, a you know, massive thank you to uh, to everyone for uh, for attending um, for our panel for for all their uh, I think most multiple times people mentioned passion. I think it really came through um, in uh, in all of your comments. So um, so it's a to you, Jeffrey, to Michelle, to Jessica, thank you for, for all of your time and talents here, um, for all the insight you gave and for all you're doing in your communities. We hope you enjoyed this EdWeb podcast. If you would like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information.